Hey guys, Jack here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to head to justhandspoker.com. There you'll find our strategy blog, information about coaching and membership, uh, as well as a form to submit hands to the show, uh, and lots of other good stuff. Thank you guys again, and enjoy this week's episode. Hey, Jack. Hello, Zach. What's going on? Enjoying Vegas still. How about you? Uh, I am... Well, we, I feel like we've, we've said... I've said for my longest time, like the last few episodes, that I'm not in Vegas, having a fine time, still pretty jealous. I'm going to be especially jealous when you're playing the main event. But enough about that. Let's just get right to the hand. Cool. This was a, something, some cash. Some cash from Circa... WSOP happenings? Yes, this was this was cash. So, right, uh, by the way, to the listeners, if you uh, if you're hearing a little bit of jackhammering in the background, yes, it's, it's you're not crazy. It, it is happening. I'm gonna be muting as much as possible. So bear with us. Thank you. So, this hand took place at a Caesar's Palace two five game. Uh, this was shortly after I sat down. And the main villain in this hand is, I would call, early 30s guy. Looks very confident. Has about 2K in front of him. He's played about one-third of hands in the first orbit and a half. Has straddled his button twice. But his two showdowns seemed like reasonable hands played reasonably. So far at this point, all I know is that he's from Kentucky. And that he was here to play uh, the monster stack. And this is after the monster stack. And the 2K is neatly stacked in front of him. So, and so this this uh-huh. is after the monster stack has ended, or I think it's day, is... day two or day three. Okay, so he's out of the monster stack. He's out. Yeah. Okay, sweet. So I've played about three of the first twelve or thirteen possible hands, and that's all he really knows about me. I haven't gotten a showdown. I don't think I've put any more money in the pot post flop in my hands. So I open under the gun. And he is uh, two to my left. And he pretty much insta-three-bets me. And, oh, he's two to my left, but the guy to my left is in the bathroom. So he's, he's essentially under the gun plus one. I have pocket eights. And I make it my, like, standard sizing of 20. And he insta-three-bets me to uh, $60. So then a guy who I haven't seen yet play a hand and has 300 behind cold calls out of the small blind. And now it's back to us, and I think we have a pretty trivial call here. Yeah, uh, if it wasn't if it wasn't easy before, it's easy now. Yeah, I, I think it was. I think the insta three bet from the other gun plus one seat is less likely to be a, a bluff. <laughs> yes, uh, so we got some implied odds going for us. Yes, and, you're I'm, and I'm I'm, I'm basically a thousand. I'm like a thousand deep with this guy. Okay, and the small blind. Has about two forty behind now. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, that's interesting. But okay, cool. So we're playing with one short stack, barely more than SPR of just over one, and then you're about a thousand deep with this guy. Okay, sweet. Yeah. So we're seeing we're seeing a flop with one hundred eighty dollars in the pot, and the flop is the seven five two with two hearts. And I have a heart in my hand. So the small blind checks. I opt to check. And then he bets $80 into $180. The small blind folds, and it's on the hero. 
I would call because uh, I think this is ace king, ace queen enough that one, I think those hands will sometimes shut down. Two, we have a heart, and so we're going to be able to continue on heart turns. You know, we're not going to be super, super pumped about our flush, but uh, I think it's enough turn cards we can continue on. Oh, no, no, no. There's two hearts on the flop, not three. Right, right. I know. Yeah. yeah. No, but I'm saying, like, if we if we have a heart turn on the turn, then. Okay. And it's a fairly, you know, if it's, like, a heart that's not an ace or a king, I think we can call it. Yeah. Or ace, king, or queen, I guess. I think we can call another bet on the turn, which yeah. is in. I'm actually order. looking at my notes now. We don't have a heart in our hand. I, I screwed up. Oh, okay. I still think we should call. I don't think we're good most of the time, but we don't have to be good most of the time when we're, you know, calling $80 to win uh, $340. You know, I don't hate folding. Mm-hmm. Without um, the heart, yeah. Without the heart, I think if this is the kind of player who is going to have enough of a bluffing range on this flop that we should call. It's also pretty likely that our effective odds are, you know, much worse. Like we're going to, we're going to have to call a lot more bets to realize our equity. I think it's basically what I'm saying is like, this is a spot to exploit the fact that players are rarely going to bluff and then shut down. And I would say there are two ways to exploit that. And one is just sort of resolve to calling down. And the other is to fold very early in the hand. And in this situation, I would prefer to just fold early in the hand. Yeah, I can I could get behind that. I guess in the moment I felt like, you know, he's a guy who's talking a good amount, like clearly here to play the tournaments. Like, well, I think that the snap three bet definitely makes his range a lot stronger. I think he just, you know, has enough bluffs in his range on this flop to call once and I'm I'm not necessarily sure that he's just always going to continue with his bluffs, you know? Like I think this is a board texture that really favors his range and he's probably aware on that on at least some level. So, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not convinced that, you know, I think against the field, Jack, you're definitely right that like most people are either like not bluffing enough or like when they bluff they don't really shut down. But I'm I'm just not sure with the information I have I can go that far with this guy. So, say the board again. The board's 7-5-2 with two hearts, and I have eights without a heart in my hand. Mm. And you feel that the board favors his range? Well, definitely. Because, I mean, I, yeah, I, okay. I, I have all the sets, Just but with, obviously, yeah. Well, you have the sets, and he, he doesn't have the sets. Yeah, but I mean, it favors his range in that, like, when he three bets and I call, and we look at that range going to the flop, his range is going to have significantly more equity than mine, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yes. The sort of range... It were, in terms of straight equity, yes, I agree. In terms of hands, you may have more. Yeah. I think if I think if you're fairly confident or at least willing to like give this player credit for hands like suited wheel aces, some suited connectors, then I like to call better. But it's just it, we're just getting such I'm, a good price, you know. Like we have, I think, against a player that's like here for the series that like seems at least somewhat competent, even if he's an amateur player. Like it's just way too exploitable to fold that, given the price we're getting. You know, like we have to have some hands that are going to call flop and fold turn. So, 
I think I think this is a nice hand to put in that range. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I'm just saying like, and I I don't necessarily disagree with you. I don't mind calling. I don't think it's terrible because we have such a great price. Or by terrible, I don't even think it's bad. I I think it's maybe not right, but I don't think it's bad. Basically, and I'm just pointing this out for the listeners. The theory of why should we call once and then fold on the turn is that our opponent's betting range got stronger on the turn because they dropped off some of their bluffs. They're bluffing at a lower frequency. And if they're not, and they're bluffing all the same combos, and we decide to call the flop and then fold the turn, we might as well just hold the flop. Or, we or call down, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, but we, we have to be pretty confident that our you know, opponent's going to be over-bluffing to call down mm-hmm. with a hand like eights where even our opponent's bluffs have pretty good equity. So that's why I'm sort of advocating for just parting now because I'm not confident enough to call down, and I also don't give opponents generally enough credit for giving up. But if you, given the context, I can get it. I think get behind this call more than in other live poker contexts at two five. Yeah, for sure. We also like you know. An eight will improve us. A six will give us an open ender. A nine will give us a gut shot. Like yeah, those are good. That's a good point. Yeah, so that's definitely factored um, in. Like I think if I had, you know, like if I have pocket fours or pocket threes here, I'm definitely going to be folding, even if I think that like I'm ahead of like I'm getting mm-hmm. the right price. You know, I think you would limp those pre-flop though. Uh, but that it depends. Probably Maybe not. I, I I didn't really see much limping at this table, so I probably wasn't going to be limping this preflop. Mm-hmm. Uh, but okay, I call. And the reason I confused my notes is because I, I saw in my notes the eight of hearts, but that was the turn card. It wasn't my, oh, sweet. my hand. Yeah. Well, that's way better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we could also just call and, and bink our hand just straight up on the turn. So now the board is two, five, seven, eight with three hearts. And there's three hundred forty dollars in the pot. I'm gonna. I have about eight fifty behind now, and now I think we have a legitimate decision between checking and intending to check raise, and betting to bet call if he were to raise. I would personally check to check raise. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is the kind of card where many overpairs will slow down. It's possible, but I, I don't think it's likely. Especially since I don't... I think some hands, especially like over pairs with a heart, it's maybe a good time to pot control on this street. Yeah. But I don't think it's likely. And I think definitely if someone has like an ace-king, ace-queen type hand with a heart that they had see that on the flop, they're not slowing down. And I, so I like a check raise because I think your opponent's going to bet this card at a pretty high frequency and we're happy to bet get it in. Yep. I mean, that's basically what I was thinking in the moment. I thought that if this person is like, you know, bluffing with ace, king, ace, queen on the flop with the heart, you know, they're not the type of player that's just going to check back on the turn and hope to hit, you know. And maybe if they have some like just ace, king, no heart or some error in their minds, this is a scary card and maybe they bet again, you know. So... Yeah, I think I think a player like this will probably pot control like maybe like tens or jacks if they happen to three bet them like this. 
but I think we're, you know, by betting here, we're missing too much value from the ace-king, ace-queen hands with a heart, and the probably better over pairs, queens plus, maybe jacks plus, that aren't going to shut down here. Yeah, and I think you're getting, I think you're definitely getting two bets in here. Like, I think the nice thing about getting the check raise here is that I think a lot of the betting range calls when you raise. Maybe some of the over pairs with no heart fold, but those were only going to put in one bet anyway, whether, you know, you let them bet or if you bet yourself. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. It's It's not like, you know, I don't think we can expect them to, like, just, like, triple barrel most runouts, you know? So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you checked. He checked very quickly. He checked. Okay. He just, I mean, he played pretty quick, you know? But I also, I do think it's significant that it was like an insta check. The same way it was an insta three bet preflop. So now the river is the ace of diamonds. So the final board is seven, five, two, eight ace with three hearts. And now I'm faced with another decision whether to check raise or whether to, you know, bet call. Hmm. I think I like check raising because I think this player, I already don't think it's very likely that this player has kings through jacks. Uh, cause I, I just think a lot of players are betting those on the flop or sorry, on the turn. And so I think, it's not super unlikely that our opponent has like a late three bet with an ace that they gave up with on the turn. I mean, I know on the flop I'm saying that I don't think it's that likely, but I mean, I I think that when our opponent does three bet late with those hands, which if this is a player who just always acts quickly, then I think it's more likely that the quick three bet could be a bluff. Um, So I think those hands will value at the river and, Maybe we can get a call from a check raise. I, I think it's not inconceivable that our opponent could have checked back a hand like ace king, ace queen with a heart. I would expect those a bluff, but I don't think it's inconceivable that they check back. Uh, and if they have, you know, if he has something else, like I think it's there's a chance that he'll bluff on like a card that seems to favor his range. I don't know if it actually does, or in theory, but I think in practice it tends to favor his range, and I wouldn't be surprised if he perceives it to favor his range, at least optimistically, when he's holding a hand that has very little shit on value. Yeah, well said. I think someone that comes, flies in from Kentucky for the World Series of Poker and has a three-bet light range, you know, like this card, he's going to bet with that light range, you know, whether it's the card with no showdown value, either the hand with no showdown value, or whether it's, you know, an ace that he's going for thin value, like, you know, against this type of player, I think, yeah, I, I also want basically for the exact reasons you laid out, I thought for a little bit and ended up checking. Mm -hmm. And I think you're going to have a lot of hands that do want to check. And just so from a balance perspective, like I'm not thinking that much about balance in this situation, but it is kind of nice from a balance perspective that you will to have some nutted hands that check raise here to protect hands like nines and tens, which would really like, to have a check through. Okay, yeah. So I ended up checking. And then the villain did something that put a little bit of a 
confusion in my plan to, to check raise. He overbet. He bet $400 pretty quickly. So I have $850 in my stack. I don't think I'm ever folding here. So the question is, do I call or do I raise? Basically, my thoughts in the moment, Jack, before you chime in, is that the overbet from a player like this is a very polarizing bet. And I'm not sure what value hands that are worse than mine that he chooses this sizing with. Yeah. Weird. Um, I mean, the fear, obviously, is like if we raise, are we only ever like getting called by aces? Uh, and I think that like while it won't necessarily be a good play, like I think flush. people, yeah, people definitely like can check flushes on the turn, you know? Yeah, no, that's reasonable. Like ace king of hearts. Yeah, and I think when someone snap three bets, like even if he's a quick player, like no one snap three bets under the gun, under the gun plus one with twos, fives, or sevens, you know? And is he really no. making a large overbet with like, you know? ace king or like a suited wheel ace that's like two pair i i just don't think so you know i don't i don't personally think it's inconceivable that someone makes an overbet with ace king for value i think the real question is will they call yeah will they, will they call yeah uh, so our, our real value targets here are like the times he overbets ace king ace deuce ace five i don't think he has ace deuce and ace five very often busy bet the flop and I think, you know, a lot of his ace-king combos, if not, like, definitely most of them, if not all of them, are betting the turn. So, it's just, it just feels a little ambitious to go for that value, you know? Yeah, fuck, man. I know, he put, a, uh, he put a thorn in our check-raising plan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you should just call... Yeah. I mean, what would your shove be for? Another four hundred fifty dollars. So he he bet four hundred into three forty. So, yeah. But also, like, he's a player where, like, you know, I haven't really played a hand yet, and like, I'm just, I just really can't be bluffing when I do that. So, like, I definitely think if he's overbetting Ace King here, like. I think he's probably folding most of the time, you know? Like, this, yeah. is, this doesn't seem like just kind of like a donkey. Like, he might, he might, you know, be over-bluffing in certain spots and a bit too aggressive. But, like, he came here for the series. He's clearly competent. Like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, like, a winning 2-5 winning player, you know, based on the sample I had at the time. Yeah. You'd have to be pretty sick to bluff here. I mean, I definitely, like... Would. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I think there's definitely some hands that might make sense as a bluff. Oh, sure, but I, I think, like, the point of that is not to say, like, you shouldn't bluff. It's to say that, like, I don't think you're going to get credit for bluffing, which makes it, a, I think, a good spot to bluff, but you obviously don't have, don't have bluffing hands. <laughs> yeah, I don't have bluffing hands, yeah. So, I mean, what hands might you bluff? Just, like, some ambitious... Uh... I don't know. Maybe, do I ever have any Ace of Hearts here? That would be a pair of Aces. I don't think you'd want to bluff that. That's, that's also true. <laughs> I don't really have any 
I'm not calling King Queen offsuit. Uh, I mean, probably the worst hand I show up with here. It's like six seven. Six seven suited. Honestly, man, I'm, I don't think I'm opening six seven suited under the gun when I like first sit down on a two five table, and the stacks aren't really deep. Like I was deep with this guy, but most of the other stacks weren't that deep. So. Eight nine, eight nine suited. You should ever play eight nine suited this way? Like eight nine suited with a backdoor flush draw on the flop. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that's such a bad hand to play this this way. Yeah. To yeah. plan on like check raising turns when. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get a good card. Okay. Yeah, I think that would be a decent decent hand to maybe check raise. But you know. Yeah. Okay. So we we went down the rabbit hole. We found the hand that would be an interesting glove spot but we have a set and obviously based on kind of what i've said i'm sure that people who are listening to this can probably gather that i opted to call and i like tanked tanked for like two minutes (laughs) so the guy the guy turned over ace five suited ah damn so (laughs) yeah i basically brought the hand on the podcast being like i obviously knew that like it would have been really ambitious to like get value here. Uh, and that like, that is like the most likely hand that I can get paid off with. <laughs> and I don't think he shows up there with that hand very often. Like he has to do a lot of things. Like, I mean, what I later gathered, what I didn't really know at the time is that he just plays very quickly. Uh, I also guess maybe there's a little bit of like, I'm smart enough to know that if size suited is my best three bet bluffing candidate. So I'm going to do it really quick under the gun plus one to like look smarter, to look stronger. Give him credit for that. I really don't like the bet on the flop, but like I understand it, especially for his bet sizing. Solid check on the turn, and then like, you know, I don't like the over bet on the river, personally, with his exact hand, but like he did it. I guess he was value targeting my ace highs that called him on the flop. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty reasonable. I mean, yeah, so it's pretty it's pretty reasonable. But uh, I mean I still would be I'm not sure if he would, would he call, call a raise. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I asked. It's not him. a huge. There's really no difference between. There's a very small difference between ace yeah. five and ace king here. Yeah, I mean, he's, sure, he's, he's blocking yes. my my sets, <laughs> my middle sets. Yeah, and he can beat seven eight. Where, I think that's kind of important. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you play seven eight. This I think you lead the river with seven eight. Yeah, a lot, but I do, but... Mm-hmm. I guess you could not. Yeah, I I think I would leave the river, but it's definitely close. But I, I don't think I would leave the river, actually. If we were consistent in our assumptions about, like, him having a lot of ASEX hands, like, I wouldn't leave the river. So, yeah, I definitely would not be check-raising 7-8 on the river, though. I would check-call, unless you just, like, bet really small or something. And I don't even know if I would check-raise then. Yeah, but in terms of, like, is Ace-5 a better hand to overbet than Ace-King? Yes, yeah, yeah. That could be one reason it is. Mm-hmm. Because you have this additional value target that would call another bet. Yeah, I mean, so I, I asked the guy, you know, not right after the hand, but a little bit later. It's like, would you have called a raise? And he's like, thought for a little bit, and he's like, I really don't think so. That doesn't really mean shit, though, because he would have been, you know, $450 to win, a, you know, an almost 2K pot. Or, no, a little bit more than a 2K pot, so... It'd be hard to fold in the moment with his exact hand, but I don't know. I've I've asked a few poker players here actually uh, about the hand, and the response has been pretty torn. Some people like leading the turn. I prefer going for the check raise, and I think you definitely convinced me that that's correct. And I still remain 
like not a hundred percent confident that check calling the river was was best, but I'm definitely think it's more likely that it was best than check raising. Yeah. It's tough to say. In retrospect, you knowing that he has ace five suited, because uh, I, I think that was a question mark before for me. I was not willing to give him all ace five suited. In the moment, I would have in, given, I would have given him like one combo, you know. Yeah, in the world where pre flop, we can give this player all ace five suited and ace two suited, uh, and we feel confident that this player is going to have all those two pair combos. Then I think in that world, like I'm more okay to go for it because at least those are hands that could reasonably call. Uh, yeah, I, in, I, I in completely this, agree. I'm sorry. Yeah, because I I think aces, especially aces with the ace of hearts, is like a great check on the turn, but I don't think that everyone does that. Mm-hmm. And I think ace queen of hearts. Or I think nut flushes is are solid turn checks as well, and, but I don't think people always do that. Yeah, I was going to say I don't the, know. The, I, the, I the world think... the world where he bets his you know pair of deuces and pair of fives on the flop and like overbets the river. I just don't think that's a world we can ever be confident we're in. You know? No. Yeah. Like so, I don't know. I think also that world. You, that world, you're starting to run the risk of seeing a lot more nut flushes on the river, too. Because if yeah. you could see yeah. ace five through ace deuce of hearts all on the river, those are, you know, four sort of like, not that they always play this way, but when they do, like, you're guaranteed. Like, you know, you're always losing to those, losing to aces. You might be losing to, like, ace king suited, ace queen suited, or ace queen parts, that is. Uh, and so if you've got like eight combos that you could potentially be losing to and like what four combos because four or five combos of two pair yeah okay I'm, I'm i'm convinced now i'm convinced it's definitely a check call on the river because that's i mean that's even with the assumption that he like yeah it's like so many things have to happen for me to like be getting more value than value owning myself on this check raise. Yeah. Cool. Well, it was funny. At least this guy proved himself to be a pretty good player because when he saw me tank and then show my hand, he wasn't like pissed being like, why'd you tank so long? He like understood that I was debating whether to check raise or not. <laughs> you know, I think most players, if they like overbit ace five suited there and I like, man, I really tanked for like almost two minutes, you know? It was it was just a really weird spot. I just was not expecting him to overbet that card. But the rest of the table was like, kind of thought, like, what the hell is he doing tanking with a set here, you know? <laughs> As in, you should have just called? Or they, they thought you... Did the table think you should have called or raised? No, they just kind of thought, like, like he had a set, why did he take two minutes, you know? They weren't, like, thinking, like, I was debating between calling and raising. They're just like... You had such a good hand, like, why'd you take so long, you know? Yeah. They probably all thought I should have just called. Like, there's a flush out there. He could have aces. Those are good points. <laughs> <laughs> On some level, that, that, that initial kind of thought that some people might think is ultimately what guided me to, to make that check call. 
Right. But yeah, I thought it was just a really interesting hand. There's just like, during the series especially, I've just been having to play a lot more like three bet pots out of position. And there, you know, I'm just not as used to these spots. Like I, I feel pretty confident, but a few things happen where it's like, oh, I'm just not really sure what to do, you know? Because the average like player that comes in for the series and plays two five is just a lot more likely to not just three bet light, but like three bet a bit more of a linear range. Like always have jacks, you know. Never like you're not you're not seeing like the person that only three bets kings and aces and ace king, you know. That's just a lot less common right now. So that means to not be exploited, I just I'm calling a lot pre flop, especially with how deep stacks are. Right. All right. Well, good luck with the continued grind and uh, the upcoming World Series of Poker main event. Mm-hmm. I'll be ra- railing you from afar, hope maybe from up close, depending on how things go. Uh, hopefully our listeners will do the same. Uh, any closing thoughts? Uh... That's a no. All right, guys. Peace.